to another episode of Eternia Confidential. I'm Philip, And I'm Kirby. And it hasn't been a year and a half. No, it was just yesterday we recorded an episode. Yep, totally not a year and a half. Nothing changed. Everything's the same. We're not married. Not at all. Uh-oh, there goes all the rumors. The yeah. speculation's over. We got married. Yeah, we're not brother and sister or any other weird permutation. We're married. Yep. And everybody's healthy. And we're back. So, let's talk about episode 27 of He-Man, Masters in the Universe, A Tale of Two Cities. Or titties. A Sale of Two Titties. Or, I don't know, this episode was weird. Also took place in only one city. Yeah, but it was a fight between two cities. Sort of. Targa and Operon. Okay, we can get into that. Let's actually, yeah. So, the episode originally aired October 11th, 1983. We've got some people back. We've got Marsh Lamore in direction and Richard Pardee as writing. And uh, I will say ahead of time, it's very tight. Um, episode went by very quickly. Plot holes. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some holes. There's also some quick resolution of things, but we'll talk about that. I think we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So let's let's get this let's get this over with. That's terrible. We're gonna cut that out entirely. No, no, no. Just let it go. I'll I'll hear it. We needed that button. That uh, yeah, the bloop. man. Yeah, we need the we need the button. Maybe I'll leave this in because that's funny or not. Anyway. So our opening shot, we've got Adam and Cringer hanging out in the middle of the jungle. That's what you do on a normal Monday. Well, he's, as usual, avoiding Tila. You know, Duncan is depressed as usual, and he doesn't want to be around that noise. It's a bummer. So he's just kind of chilling in the woods. Yeah, no, that... This is not a normal episode. There is no Skull Mountain action. There's no Skeletor. This is a totally different villain. Yeah. Um, and I will say this about the episode. There's a lot of world building in terms of Eternos. And we kind of learn a lot about how the whole thing works. How He-Man fits into the whole of Eternia. And... I think that part of it is kind of interesting. Yeah. It, it almost, a lot of the aspects of it remind me more of the the mini-comic version of He-Man, where he's not, like, this well-known Superman kind of character where everybody goes, oh, hey, He-Man, that's, that's that guy. It makes him more of this, like, roving barbarian kind of just, yeah, people may or may not know who I am. But, well... We'll, we'll address that as we go forward. So Adam and Cringer are just kind of, you know, laying back in the cut, chilling, you know. Adam's laying on a rock. Cringer's just hanging out in the grass. Just napping. Just napping, like a cat. Yeah, just, just you know, avoiding all responsibility, par usual. And while that is happening, Adam, not his 
little tiger animal friend with heightened senses of an animal, Adam notices with his human eyes and his human ears, there's a ruckus. There's a rumble in the jungle. And it's a hot lady running through the forest. I mean, you know. From Birdman. Party, party parrots. Yeah, we can call them party parrots. Well, they're flightless. They're, so what's happening is there's this very attractive redhead, not Tila, again, He-Man's type, Adam's type, hot redhead who's not Tila. It sounds like somebody else I know. I don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, she's fleeing through the forest, being pursued by these creature men riding on uh, floating discs, a la Johnny Quest. Yeah. And you can tell who the head honcho of them is because he's got fake wings, and the other dudes don't have fake wings. So they're flightless parrot men. Are they going to hump somebody's neck? So the party parrots chase the girl down. They got a net. Adam, bing, bang, boom, he transforms. He-man in action, jumps on the cat. Off they go to go save the girl. And, you know, in a get-your-stinking-paws-off-me-you-damn-party-parrot-man kind of moment, she's all wrapped up in, in the net. Party parrot, the head honcho with his fake wings, is like, Just freeze him with the freeze ray. Because everybody has a freeze ray. Duncan has now franchised out his freeze rays. They're being adopted by other uh, cities now, apparently. Yeah. Especially Come to Evil sad Wakanda. Duncans. We've got all your... Ray needs. Oh, buddy. These people come are from... avoid your emotions with Duncan and his rays. Okay. Side note these are Targons, is what they're called. And I think it's Gargons. Gargons, you're right. Yeah. There's a lot of there's some there's some hard names. That are very difficult to remember without having to look them up. Yeah, we had a really difficult time with this episode. I guess it's because we also didn't have the Netflix captions on. Yeah. Um, also, it wasn't on Netflix, which is sad. Uh, He-Man no longer available on it's Netflix. Gar- yeah, it's Gargon Warriors. Yeah, so they're Gargon Warriors, and they are from the city of Targa. Targa. Which is evil Wakanda. Yes, evil Wakanda. Evil, problematic story Wakanda. But anyway, jump in the gun. Sorry. That's okay. We're, there's a lot happening in this story, and it happens very quickly. It's not, I will say this, it's not the Wheel of Time. It's not like 77 plot threads that you have to follow. It's just... I, Game this of Thrones, was a, yeah, that's another There's a particular episode where I kind of noticed how short it was. Yeah. It wasn't something that we had to... Like, normally, we will have to rewatch the episode in the background to kind of remember stuff and catch things. This is not that. No. So, a great episode to totally not come back from some form of hiatus on, because we didn't do that at all. Um, but anyway, the girl's captured, and the, the Gargon leader is like, freeze it with a freeze ray. Guy zaps him, and as we are used to, He-Man... Uh, no, it blocks it with the sword. Everybody's shocked and impressed. It's very shocking. Side note, uh, He-Man's voice actor also did a Gargon Warrior. Yeah, 
which is um which was the style i mean if time. you listen pretty carefully there's other people that you're like okay so that's what skeletor's voice actor was doing in this particular episode that's who evil in was in this episode kind of thing um princess raya and queen bolina had the same voice actor actress excuse me <laughs> yeah that's okay it's not as bad as like a Thundercats episode where the space cop shows up and you're like, that's literally Thunder, uh, uh, Chitara's voice. She just added a thing and it's the same voice. And you're like, why did you, why did you make that decision? That's terrible. Obviously the ray gun's not going to work. No. So the leader's like, well, freaking get him, get in there and beat up this burly man with his reflective sword with your no weapons. One immediately goes into the mud. Splat. Enjoy your mud bath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so witty. Guess what happens to the second one? Right in the mud. This is the leader. One Actually, the second one, it gets chased off by Battle Cat, and then the third one goes right into the mud. I, you know, I don't know who I feel worse for in this situation. I don't know if I feel worse for the guy who's like, his job to go after the giant friggin' tiger versus the guy <laughs> who just gets, like, lobbed into the mud. I don't know, dude. I think one's more humiliating, but I think we know who should have wore the yellow pants. <laughs> you should just jump in the mud. Yeah, just voluntarily. Just like, no, you know, I, I, I know where I go. I belong here. This is my life now. This I will is where wallow I live. in yeah. this mud pit. I will live here. I'm not going to leave the mud pit ever. Don't come looking for me. You know where I am. I'm a mud pit bird now. He'll have great skin, though. Feathers. He'll have great skin feathers, feathers though. What, I don't really know what the physiognomy of these things are. It's a little weird. Like I had said, uh, the the leader ends up in the in the sludge as well. Splap. Befitting of him being a jerk. And then she's like, oh, thank you. I'm a Princess Rhea from Oberon. He's like, oh, well, I'm He-Man. And that's Battle Cat. And she says something that literally every other person in this episode says after this point. We thought you were a legend. We didn't know you actually existed. So... We're establishing a couple of things here. The first is that He-Man... Doesn't get out much? Obviously, his exploits are over there and not over here. Eternos is not ruled by... I mean, Eternos is not the kingdom that rules over all of Eternia, I guess. Maybe they do? I mean, maybe these are fiefs. I mean, they talk but they're kingdoms. Weird. I think they all report back to the king and queen of Eternos, though, because they talk about the Eternos court of law and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Unless they were being charged with like a crime against one of their citizens. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. enjoying the scene get on with it i don't know we'll get into that later yeah the the politics are a little muddied 
like a lot of things, including the party parrots, am I right? Okay. Uh, but she's like... Plot dump. Plot dump, plot dump, plot dump. Um, she is the daughter of King Tails of Alperon, and Queen Balina wants to kidnap her and keep her hostage for money. King Tails? And then Balina's nothing in Italian. Oh, yeah, totally not a thing. Mildly funny. All right. <laughs> Just tell them what it is. Well, I think, okay, so Lena, at the end of a word in Italian, is small. A small thing. And balls. That's your Italian lesson for the day. Oh, um, Italian-American lesson for the day. It's yes. them butchering it in English. What? Uh, like... Uh, Pataboo? Pataboo, yeah. Totally an Italian word. Not at all. Not at all. You know, immigrants who weren't able to say the word properly. said Pataboo instead of pocketbook. Or borsa. Well, borsa is the real word. Yes. That's an argument that occurred within my specific family and is now part of this podcast. My family was Olive Garden Italian. Not anymore. I had to learn how to make homemade pasta in tomato sauce. You didn't have to. You decided to. I had to get on the good side. Yes, that's true. How do I get to an Italian-American's heart? So anyway, about this episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we gotta get back to this episode. Yeah, so she starts expositioning at He-Man while they're riding towards her kingdom that she's gonna get kidnapped and ransomed by this evil kingdom for reasons. I guess they're gonna ransom what? They want his kingdom? Is that what it is? They don't really explain what they want. Is it money? I, money. Are they doing that badly? Is the economy that bad? I guess they're doing it just because they're evil. I just have questions. They're never going to be answered. This is He-Man and Masters Well, we're here universe. to speculate over this cartoon that's less than 30 minutes, so we're going to get there. In an hour and a half. Yes, Probably. As our usual modus operandi. We are getting so off topic. It's we fine. We're talking about the thing. All of this can be cut. I could throw this all in the trash or not. Nope. We will see. Yes, we will see. Okay, so he's like, we'll, we'll go drop you off to the kingdom. So they get to a river and they need to cross it. And He-Man's like, oh, make a bridge. Meanwhile, it starts pouring. Which, I guess He-Man's got meteorological, like, superpowers, because he's like, it's gonna rain really hard soon. And it does. It starts pouring. And the river breaks its levees, and it starts flowing, and, you he know. He-Man puts down the log. He starts walking across. Yeah, and she's all shocked by how strong he is, because it's, you know, if you've seen the first opening of Commando, where Arnold Schwarzenegger's carrying that giant tree, um, it's like... 50, 60 times that size. 
just this massive freeway of a bridge he builds. Do you want that log action figure? There's In, a commando log action figure. It's just the log. I mean, it would be great if I had the, you know, the commando action figure to go with it. I would just have the log because that's hilarious. <laughs> just have the log. That's my favorite character from that movie. It's not. It's not Arnie. It's not. It's not Benny, who would just be like what, like a puddle underneath a uh, a yellow Porsche. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last. That's right, Major. You did. I lied. God, I love Commando. Yes. Anyway, so he's halfway across the log when a tree... Well, no, they're halfway across the log. He tells them to go across, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'll wait here for whatever. I won't follow closely behind you. I'll just wait on the other side while you cross this huge freeway of a bridge that I've made. But long story short, a tree trunk comes and knocks him out. And then, yeah, and it like so badly that it flings him into the water and he's like instinctively hanging on to the log, knocked out, just flying down the river. And Raya jumps on Battlecat or Cringer. Is it? No, it's Battlecat. No, Battle he, she jumps on a Battlecat and then starts booking it down the river after him. But unfortunately, current's too strong, and Battle Cat, shockingly, not fast enough to catch up. And over the falls he goes. It's he, man. He's going to be all right. Anyway. Or is he? Cut to him waking up. Well, yeah, kind of waking up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before that, there's an important plot point that's made as they're arriving to the river. So we see a valley with two kingdoms on either side of it. To the far left is Rhea's kingdom. Operon. Operon. Peaceful, idyllic. I'm sure they love, you know, farty-arty music with the name of the kingdom. Hippies. Yeah. I will name my kingdom Operon, and we will play Madame Butterfly every hour. And then the other kingdom, off to the far right, in the mountains, which was called what? Targa. Targa, that's right. And He-Man points out a plot point, like a major sort of Damocles for later in the, the show. And what's that kingdom over there with the lake over it? And there's like a kingdom nestled into the mountains and... Within the mountains that tops a bit, like, like right above it, is this huge self-contained lake. It's Chekhov's lake. <laughs> it is Chekhov's lake. And who will fire that lake? So, yeah, and it's one of those things where I guess it doesn't rain very hard there because the lake doesn't, what, like overflow at any point? They don't got any dams. They got or nothing. no no aqueduct. You'd think they'd have like an aqueduct or something to use that natural resource. I guess they just are like, yeah, it's nice. There's a lake above us. Whatever, it's fine. Um, who puts their city underneath a mountain with a giant lake on it? These people. These people. They they are they do not plan ahead. There's not a lot of planning ahead in this city. Like their plan. 
kidnap the neighboring city's daughter, they obviously won't attack us. Like, call over to Eternia, uh, to Eternos and be like, hey, we're going to war with, with these people because they kidnapped my daughter. Can you send He-Man? Can you send, yeah, well, I mean, he's a legend, so he probably doesn't exist. But if you could send over, like, a thousand guards with a couple of freeze rays and ray rays and you know you've got that guy who makes all the rays yes sad rays can you can you depress these people to death please you know just send duncan over with like 87 rays (laughs) and uh and we can just wipe this city the fuck out because that's what a normal like i don't know if you read any of the the history books but that's that's normally what happens when you do something really stupid to the royal family of, a, of another country they generally go to war instead of like oh we are powerless let us give us you money unless it's your own people rising up to overthrow you well that's that's an internal coup but we're not dealing with that this is these are not plan header people these people do not think past square one these are hippies well, no, the hippies are the Oberons, but they could still be like, hey, can we call in some airstrikes? They're non-violence kind of people. We assume. They think they can talk their way to get her back or something. Yeah, I don't know. We don't, we, we don't get a lot from these people. They're very two-dimensional. Yeah, Rhea's barely got anything going on other than that she explains everything that's going on within her little area and then her king's crest is the blue circle on her hat that's very detailed anyway let's <laughs> continue on we keep droning on so he man kind of washes up on a bank but you can see through the trees there's a party parrot there's a whole party parrot party a merry band of party parrots just lying in wait to grab him. And hump its neck. <laughs> I mean, we don't know what happens after the commercial cut. Like, there's a lot of time that happens between what happens this in this scene and what happens in the next scene. So, Rhea and Battle Cat arrive, and they're like, oh, there he is on the other side of the bank. Let's, let's go grab him. Oh, but, oh, wait. And they start to hide... And the party parrots decide to stop hiding, like at the same moment. I don't really know what their plan was, but obviously it was, again, not very thought out. It was just, let's grab this dude. So they grab, they grab the dude. Go to commercial. They probably hump the back of He-Man's neck. And He-Man wakes up in a jail cell. I also want to say sorry for joking about a really, 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 really old meme. We are old at heart. Apparently. Also, you're in IT, and that that meme never goes away for you people. Yeah, because Slack. Yeah, you're dorks, and you introduced me to this stupid parrot that I forgot about, and they're flightless parrot people. Fair enough. <laughs> So only old farts listen to this anyway, so whatever. Or I don't care who listens to this. It could be the three people that we know. We oh, do. Oh, by this the way, hi Dan. Yes, he makes good voices and I stink. 
You do not stink. You are hilarious. We are hilarious. We are the next big thing in podcasting. We just haven't made a billion and a half episodes yet. We'll get there. Or not. It doesn't matter. Get on with it! So, aside over, He-Man wakes up in a jail cell. And he's in the jail cell with a guy named Garn. Yes. And so, we get our look at the actual race who rules this city. I, th- I mean, we find out eventually. I mean, for all we know at this point, this guy is just a one-off. But yeah, it's this massive black guy mm-hmm. with, with some seriously heavy, I listen to the cure, eyeshadow. Or he's really, really, really into Egyptology. Well, there's a lot of interesting eye makeup, you know, some Grace Jones kind of action going on in this episode. So maybe people here are just into fashion. He has strong cheeks like, cheeks like Grace Jones. So does the queen. But um, we'll get to her. Yeah, we... This... So, E-Man <laughs> so, wakes up, and there's this huge dude in there. And he's head and shoulders much taller than E-Man. And he's like, I am Garn, strongest man in the kingdom. Who are you? And He-Man's like, I... I don't know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Garn's like, are you a spy? He's like, no, I don't. I don't believe I am. No. He's like, you are a spy. All outsiders are spies. Like, sure. Sure. That's that's great. You're a very trusting people. Thank you. Fucking weird. And so we find out pretty quickly that Oh my god, He-Man has amnesia. This has never been a used trope before in any medium. I don't even think this is the first time it's been used in He-Man. No, it hasn't. There was another episode, like we covered a whole other episode where He-Man forgot who he was. Um, And boy, do they use it to great effect in this one. Hope he doesn't have too many concussions. (laughs) He's got a healing factor or whatever, I don't know. I don't want a Chris Benoit over here. Oof. Oof, too soon. I don't know. I was... We already have a brain damage poster boy. Oh, yeah. Poor Ram Man. Who <gasps> would? So, yeah, he, you know, He-Man's mildly concussed. You know, one eye's a little dilated, and he's like, yeah, I don't know who the heck I am. Oh, we also forgot to mention, when they captured him, they took away his sword. Yes, which, again, absolutely important to the plot. Totally not something that is um, glossed over completely. So, yeah, this is getting really interesting. Uh, They take him... Well, wait, let's let's talk a little bit about this scene in 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 the jail cell before we leave. Because Garn starts to talk about himself, which is a, a favorite subject of his. And he starts talking about how incredibly powerful and strong he is. And that maybe, maybe he's not just the most powerful man in the kingdom. 
but maybe. Garn is the most powerful being in the universe. Yeah, and this is the thing where he makes a show like he's not really jailed in. He can pick up the little rock that he's chained to. Yeah, he's like chained to the floor. And to show He-Man how strong he is, he just pulls the block that's part of the floor out of the ground by the chain and swings it around over his head and then smashes it. And he's like literally showing that he is prisoner by choice. And the reason that he keeps himself prisoner is that he will win his freedom in the Colosseum. Yep. Because he's the queen's favorite gladiator. And the champion. Which, okay, alright, so what we've learned about Garn is that he's got a moral code. Mm -hmm. You know, he's... He gave his word that he would... And, and he was given instruction that he would be free at the queen's you know command if he pleased her enough in the arena um which is very yeah it's very roman you know that happened yeah so then after that he gets uh i think draca comes and is like the queen wants to see you no it was somebody else one of the gargon yeah the gargons party. come and take him yeah and they take him to the throne room, I and guess. We get, yeah, and we get introduced to our one of our two major players. Draka. And oh. now I started to have questions. Because it wasn't just the possible other protag, spoiler alert, that was black. It's also Draka who we find out is the most powerful sorcerer in the kingdom, um, who is also black. And now we kind of get, we, especially when the queen reveals herself, then we start to go, okay, so everybody except for the party parrots here, it's just, and they're all the bad guys. And, and Queen Rhea is a really, really, really pale redhead. And they're the good guys. It's one of those things that they probably wouldn't do now. But at the time, I'm sure, completely innocent. You know, it's you're looking at things through a modernist lens. So we don't want to. We don't want to crucify anybody for. It's not terrible. It, the one, okay, th I will They're say that. They're not stereotypes, which I appreciate. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, instead of giving them so what they would absolutely do in the 90s, or absolutely do in, like, the 60s with, um, like I said before, Johnny Quest, they do not have, like, some weird proto-African-ish, this is what a white person's idea of a black voice sounds like. They sound very like Eastern European ish. They're normal. Yeah, it's that that part wasn't that big of a deal. So I I thought that was actually kind of refreshing. They were I will tell you this: they were not chopper <laughs> level like caricature like woof. Yeah. So they called him to the throne room because they want to know what the hell he's doing in Targa, which is hilarious. 
because they found him unconscious on a log <laughs> and brought him to the kingdom. So he may, you know, if he had been aware, then he could have been like, you motherfuckers brought me here, bro. Like, why am I here? Because of you. You could have left me outside, but no, you brought me in. And I guess the party parrots can't, like, explain themselves verbally. They never speak. Well, no, that's not true. They do speak. I guess they just gave it, like, a really shitty report of, like, what happened. So... I bet they were like, yeah, the girl got away because of this guy, but we totally knocked him out and brought him in. We didn't end up in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> uh... At some point, Draka tries to shoot He-Man with his freeze ray, but he... Well, no, so that that's actually a, a really cool kind of moment. So the queen enters the room and totally like a Grace Jones, like big red lipstick, super Egyptian style eye makeup, you know, red, big red fro kind of thing. Really cool. Like actually a really beautifully crafted character model um and draka is this like little you little wormy kind of dude with a little beard and a little skull scully you know with a short cropped like afro yeah like just a creeper you know again not nobody's stereotypical in their presentation which is cool they, they really awesome looking character designs did you get a vibe that draka was kind of uh what did it say jealous of he-man oh yeah 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 definite big threat big 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 threat time to like rocky to, to uh he's rocky to their frankenfurter which is the queen i guess she's frankenfurter <laughs> dr frankenfurter and rocky dr frankenfurter and oh oh god okay well wait you said rocky too rocky no rocky you mean i said rocky in and Dr. Frankenfurter. Okay, so I thought you're talking about Stallone. No. Like, and I was so talking I'm about going Tim like, Curry. Yeah, Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Yeah. See, in the meanwhile, I'm picturing you started going, you know, Rocky, and I'm like, okay, Sly Stallone, are we going like a Rocky? And then you said Rocky too. It's false. No way. Not this time. And I'm like, no, that's not the one with uh like are we going with a mr t what you know are we going with you know rocky uh, four like where are we going i don't understand and then you started talking about dr frankenfurter and i'm trying to put two these two movies together in my head hey yo uh, i don't i don't i don't like this castle yeah aren't you just a fine man but they're like, okay, so you have amnesia, you can't give us what we want, so you're going to have to go fight Garn in the Gladiator Arena. Mm -hmm. But to to mention what you were talking about before we got sidetracked on Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, when the queen enters the room, everybody drops to their knees, except for completely oblivious to what's happening because nobody's explained to him who he is, where he is, or who these people are. Uh, He-Man, he just stands there like, Yep, that's a lady. And this pisses off our little evil wizard. 
and gives him the death ray eyes, literally. He-Man ducking out of the way in the nick of time. It turns one of the gargons to glass. I, think. I thought it was ice. I couldn't tell. It could, yeah. It's animation. Yeah, I guess it was. I guess it was ice because she tells him to unfreeze him. Yeah, and she is immediately like, "Oh, very impressed." Who's this cute white boy? Yeah, very, very impressed. Um, obviously, like, there's some big dick, you know, some big dick energy coming off this guy, and I, I want a piece of that action. Um, and she's like, "I don't know if you're really brave or really stupid," which again. That's a great line. That's a great little moment because the reality is, I mean, kind of because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He is completely oblivious to everything. And yeah, like you said, because he's obviously a spy, a spy, because this city is obsessed with spies. Um, fake news. They they send him to the gladiatorial arena to fight the strongest man in the city. Garn. Garn. But before we can get to the gladiator action, we must go back to Battle Cat and Rhea. So Battle Cat, very pissed that He-Man has been captured, just books it. And first, interestingly enough, he's she's not riding on his back at this point. Mm-hmm. And he just he's just tearing, you know, total Hulk mode, very angry that He-Man has been captured by these by these people and tearing his way through the jungle and completely misses the very cleverly hidden trap of the big black button that's set with it was a red. It was oh, a, it's a red button. Yeah, this big red button with a with a like a steel outer ring to to hold it in place in the middle of the jungle with seven signs around it. that say this is a trap. Yeah. And he steps on it. And this huge floating lid over a gigantic pit opens up and doo-hoo-hoo, he falls in. And hey, no bite. Fortunately enough for uh, for everybody involved, the Gargon are there in a second and take Rhea. Yeah, so and they leave Battle Cat there. I, I, we, I didn't realize this until later. But Battle Cat spends the rest, almost the rest of the episode, just kind of trapped in a pit. Now, I will say this. There's some great uh, new character models. Yeah, so there's some really cool, like, original drawings and stuff, and some really great animation. There's a great animation of Battle Cat, like, trying to claw his way out of this was originally animation for this scene. This wasn't recycled animation. Yeah, which is always a lot of fun to see, um, you know, because they were they were trying to save money. So anytime there's a new piece of animation, it's actually pretty cool. Um, and they seem to cut corners elsewhere because the the animation's not as clean later on, especially with Baraka. But this is really a cool scene. Yeah. I, I I have problems with that fight scene, but we'll talk about that. So, well, let's talk about it now. So we, well, we get to the gladiator fight. Yeah, and so it's a big arena, you know, very a la uh, gladiator, you know. He-Man's there, like, you know, I'm going to fight you. Come on, put out your dakes. Um, 
So they yeah. start fighting. And for some reason, the queen is a, is kind of banking on He-Man on this one. You know, little little evil wizards like you. You will see that the warrior, the, our great champion, will win. And she's like, I don't know, man. He that... seems more smarter than we took him out to be. Yeah, he, he for for whatever reason, like the zero indication. He's just been dumbly standing there, like I don't know what's happening. I'm in danger. Straka gets pissed and decides he's gonna tip the scales in Garn's favor by giving him a little energy boost. Yeah, so, and we find out that he, much like Orko, must rhyme to affect his magic. Insert clip of him rhyming here. Or not. <laughs> so, yeah, He-Man sees his eyes glow, and he's all like, and in, in a very video game big giant guy fight he runs at he-man and jumps at him and it's just easy dodge easy dodge they start grappling and much to everyone's shock off camera he-man gets the upper hand and we cut back to him after everybody's shocked reaction faces and he's got draka just above his head total easy deadlift like Man, this is a Tuesday. Well, you're for me. skipping over the part where I think Garn gets a good hit in and he knocks the amnesia out of. Uh, yes, -Man. that's right. You're totally right. I forgot. Yeah. So, completely negating the amnesia subplot, Garn actually is able to throw He Man with his ridiculous strength. So, you know, they're kind of closely matched. I'm not going to say evenly matched because the outcome of the fight, but. Freaking just body drops He-Man onto his head, you know. Good God! Good God! He's broken in half! And, like, Mankind just kind of gets up through the pain, like, hey, man, whatever. And completely regains his senses. Garn goes over and rips his ear off. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, How is that man still alive? He barely, the man can't walk. We're talking about Mankind. If anybody is not a fan of wrestling while listening to this He-Man podcast, we're talking about Vader, the wrestler, ripping the dangling ear off. Trigger warning, I'm sorry. Let's not, let's not talk about something. That poor man did too much for a terrible company. So anyway... He-Man snaps out of it. There's a few more seconds of fighting, but it's all over but the crying. Garn loses. And the queen demands that he be thrown in jail, not killed. But uh, He-Man's like, whoa, I won. You have to listen to me. Yeah, I, his life is mine now, and I say he goes free. And in a very interestingly equitable decision, she's like, yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, you're fine. And Garn's right. like... You both win. You're both free to go. Garn's like, why'd you spare me? Yeah. And He-Man's like, my life is uh, precious and... Yeah. So uh, He-Man, not, not a fan... Oop. 
Uh, He-Man, not a fan of capital punishment. Um, thinks that all life is precious. You should not uh, put someone to death regardless of their past behavior. So, you know, okay, that's cool. You know, it's in keeping with the theming of the show. Not a lot of physical violence when there has to be. Nobody actually gets punched. And Queen Valina's like, okay, well, I want you as my captain of the guards. And He-Man's like, <laughs> no. You're too damn evil. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. No, you guys fucked up. You, you were going to kidnap that girl. You're going to ransom her for money. And I got a thing I got to go do. So, nah. In a weird thing, though, the queen's like, okay, well, you and Garn can go. Oh, by the way, he man, here's your sword back. Yeah, again. So there's a couple of things happening in this scene. That I wish had been, if they redid this episode, mm -hmm. I would like to see a few things kind of, you know, looked at or, or developed a little bit more. This is my theory of what's happening here. I don't think she's that bad a person. I think that it's her vizier. I think he's kind of a, what was the name of that character in The Lord of the Rings? I don't know. I've never watched. Well, I watched a little bit of them, but I was never a big fan. What? I was never a big fan of Lord of the Rings. I was too young for those movies when they came out. Okay. Well, to everybody else, who knows what I'm talking about? Did I lose my nerd card or something? I mean, the movies are good. I know they are, but I was too young when they first came out, and I never well, got we around can, to Well, them. now we have to watch them, and now we need to do a podcast on that shit. No. Want. Oh, 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 no. <laughs> the live stream that shit. I wish you could still do that, where you could live stream that shit on Twitch. That I would do that. I would, I would live stream uh, you reacting to those movies. Anyway, in that story... There is a good king who has been corrupted by his evil vizier. That's what I think. That's what I feel is really happening here. Because she doesn't kill He-Man. Totally should have tried to do that. Doesn't kill Garn. You know, totally honors this random dude who they were convinced was a spy. Because he won. And she's like, all right, no, 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 no. It, I, you, I gave you my word. You're free to go. Here's your sword. Here's your buddy. Bye-bye. But while that is happening, little Creepo sneaks in and he's like, my queen, they have captured the, the, the princess. And I think they let him go because they knew they had the princess and they were like, we're going to let him go so he doesn't know we have her. So he'll go on his merry way, none the wiser. Until he would obviously find out <laughs> because the other kingdom gave a rant. Look, I'm just saying, not a lot of planning ahead. They, they, they've got like a one-step plan, question mark, profit kind of ruling system at this in this country. So He-Man and Garn, peace out. 
And while they're outside the uh, castle gates or whatever, Garn's like, well, Hemet's like, so this is where we split ways. And Garn's like, what are you going to do next? He's I'm like, going to go find the princess. And then Garn's like, eh, I'll show you. Which is cool. That's awesome. So, totally, like, okay. Yeah, rock and roll. And then they hear a little kitty going, meow. Yeah, it's, it's a tiny little meow. Meow. <laughs> and He-Man's like, oh, that was Battle Cat. Battle Cat! Where are you? You know, at the top of anybody canyon. Anybody! So they rush over, and there's poor Battle Cat trapped inside the pit. He's like, uh, can you get me out? And they get him out. Do they show him getting out? I don't yeah, remember they, that. Yeah, they, uh, Garn holds He-Man by his feet, and he dangles oh, and they, him, yeah. and they pull him out. And then Battle It Cat, saves He-Man ripping a tree out of the ground. <laughs> so they, and Battle Cat's like, whoa, we gotta go back, they have Rhea. And He-Man's like, huh. Wow, these people are terrible at this. So, the three of them now, off they go. Okay. While this is happening. Queen Balina is holding Rhea hostage, and she's called for her dad. And so, off comes good King Wenceslaus on his robot horses. And King Fail. Sure. We, we finally get or barely... Tail, sorry, it's Tail. Tail. Tails. Tails. It's Tails. King Tails. This yep. is, remember the Sonic joke? Hey, call back to a bad joke I made. So. Now I'm married to this. <laughs> we did, we did like almost 35 of these episodes together. You know my, my sense of humor. We weren't married the last time we did this. Yeah, I know, but you made that decision. So anyway. He-Man and Garn see the king and his men arriving on their little robo-horses because it's the future past. I feel like there is a scene cut that was made because the next part doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't, it do, I don't know where it is happening. I do not understand. I don't remember the king being thrown in a jail cell. So let's paint a picture. Picture this, if you will. Riddle me this, Batman. It's 2 a.m. I'm, I'm eating orange slices and an alien comes over. He's a blue-green Jackie Chan with a, a banana head. So, He-Man wearing this... Purpley. Purple-black ninja dashiki. Wherever the fuck he got that from. Is in a very obvious dungeon. And there is a very obvious dungeon door with bars, tiny barred windows. And King Tails is on the other side of the bars, and He-Man's like, hey, so let's let's hatch a plan plan. They're like, what? And I literally had to stop it because I was like, what is happening in this scene? I think to speculate on this speculation podcast, what I think happened was Tails arrives, the Queen's like, 
hey, psych, let me show you to your quarters, temporary quarters. And they hold them in these not locked jail cells in the dungeon for the time being. I, I don't understand where this is. Is this a back alley somewhere that He-Man has somehow figured out a way to talk to the king? Is that what we're supposed to infer? Where is this? How did He-Man set this up? What? Oh, and this is when we get our third. Oh, I thought you were a legend, dude. Yeah, so not only did King Tails say, yeah, black ninja stranger, I will meet you in this in a creepy alley behind this door or wherever the fuck I am. But I will also believe you at your word that they have that you can help me with my my rescuing my daughter. And then, oh, my God, you're He-Man. Sight unseen. Literally, because he's just head to toe wrapped up in this purple outfit. So they get out of there and they head towards the throne room. And at one point. And it's just the king and his men. Yeah. And the queen's like, Here is your daughter. Give me my money. And the king. And <laughs> I love. King, totally mute, doesn't say shit. Cameron pans over to the king and then pans further over to the strange mystery figure in his purple-black outfit, who goes, here's your reward, and just rips off his disguise, and oh my god, it's He-Man. Come and get it. Yeah. It's like, if you can collect, was yeah. his joke. Oh my god. It's just the, the, the awesome, cheesy one-liner. Um, but boy, everybody... It, it's not just face blindness, huh? That, that vaguely He-Man-shaped He-Man guy. Huge, muscular dude. <laughs> Who's completely covered head to toe. Who ha- is screaming, He-Man in disguise. Definitely not He-Man. I don't even think he disguised his shoes. No, he was just wearing the purple outfit. This, this like, thing Skeletor dropped off at the castle one day, like, by accident or whatever. Yeah, so... And then, look who else is here. Battle Cat and Garn. Who are not, like, where were they in the hall? I don't know where. How did they get in with the guards? These are the the party parrots are the worst guards. Yes, they are. Just humping each other's head in the background. (laughs) Just so distracted. Just terrible at their job. They're so bad at their job. And spoilers to the ending, they get to keep their jobs. So, they were just following orders. The queen is like, hey, dr- like, Draka, can you do something about this? Distract them while we flee. So Draka comes up with a great plan. Um, Much like the worst D&D party member you've ever had, he uses the wrong spell while you're indoors. He used the wrong spell while you're indoors in a city that has a lake precariously perched above it. He uses Earthquake. While they're inside in a city that is underneath a giant lake. And guess what? The lake starts to uh, come pouring down the mountain. Threatening to destroy the city. Queen's like, you're a fucking idiot. Why did you listen to him? Why did anybody listen to him? 
I guarantee this whole thing was his plan. Uh, whew, yeah. I'm telling you. He was the little wormwood in her ear who was like, oh, Gwyn, I have the great idea. And then He-Man is like, come on, Garn, we gotta go save the city. And he's like, why the hell do you want to save the city full of your enemies? Well, they're there. They're in the city, too. They kind of have to. Like, Ray is there. The king is there. They gotta, like, it, it's not like they weren't outside the city. But He-Man gets on his high horse again. It's like, life is precious. And I Which can't... is really, you know, I just love that Garn's like, why would you save these people? And aside from He-Man being like, I can't kill anybody, bro. That you, We went over this like an hour ago. But you and I and the princess are fucking in this city, too. Like, what, are we gonna run away? We wouldn't make it. Also, he's like, again, life is precious, and I can't judge him. Only the attorney court of law can. And with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, that's what Garn said. Oh, I get it. I didn't get it till now, but with great power comes great responsibility. Put a clip here. Thanks, Uncle Ben. Rip. RSVP be Uncle Ben. <laughs> RSVP? It's from another podcast. It's from, it's from the podcast that's strangely like ours. Weirdly like ours. It's not like we ripped them off entirely. We didn't rip them off. It's inspiration. Check out Greatest Gen. They're so much better at this than us. Anyway. So... The first thing He-Man decides to do is to push the city walls in place in like, place in front of, like, creating a dam for the water. Unfortunately, they are not structurally sound enough to stop the water. So they, like, three holes start popping up, and they start rushing in with water. And so nobody's like, quick, put your finger in that dike. <sighs> Crickets. So He-Man starts pounding the ground, and he's like, Garn, you do it too. Yeah, so, again, this kind of shows how powerful Garn really is. Not mystically powered by Castle Grayskull, unless he's got his own equivalent. We don't know. But they both start bashing the ground and create this massive chasm that all of the water is able to empty into. Saving the city. So this, and then it starts rapidly ending here. Uh, yeah, it's a race to the finish line. It's like two seconds and we're done. Uh, this is actually where he says with great strength comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. And then Rhea is like super excited and kisses He-Man. And, and Garn's like, I'm going to stay here and be the protector of the city. And the king's like, cool. And the the Gorgons are like, yay, we get to keep our jobs. And I, this is what I noticed. The shocking missing, the the king, the queen. And Draka. And Draka, nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Were they executed off screen? Are they in, and I thought for a minute, okay, they're in opera land. You know, this is the Grand Ole Opry. This isn't the other city. But it's as He-Man leaves, 
Huh? It's the same exact set. Well, but at, well, that's what I'm saying is, as He-Man leaves, we see a pull-out shot from the castle, and it's the evil city with the lake above it. So, I guess this city is now de facto ruled by the people of Opera House? Because they're like, yeah, we'll rule in peace now. So I'm like, yay, He-Man installed a government. <laughs> it basically completely changed. It's like changed. the U.S. government. Dismantle, dim- dismantle. She's biting my feet. He disman- He's like the U.S. government. He dismantles uh, a monarchy and... Uh, Just was- installed a puppet government while he was there. Just swung by and like, hey, what's up, Rand? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I was that was I thought was a little weird that just totally glossed over the fact that this this kingdom a couple miles away has now just doubled in size because he man he man showed up um but the lesson will tell us something this will well before we get into the lesson let's let's follow our normal pattern first what'd you think of the episode it wasn't bad yeah i thought it was okay i think it was one of the good episodes just a solid good you know watchable you know, kind of fun. I don't actually honestly think that things were really all that problematic. You know, look looking back on it, I think it was kind of sucked that the evil kingdom just happened to be black. That's kind of not that cool, but they ended up with like this super capable, awesome, and just as powerful as He-Man, like, not black he-man just garn just most powerful it man it is bad after if you put He-Man. it this way though they dismantled the black monarchy and replaced it with a white one yeah that's the that's the ooh. like they couldn't have internally found someone within their own government like or their own people or made garn king like garn gets a cool crown maybe their crown okay so that is something we didn't cover Garn gets a cool nifty crown that gets put on his head. So the assumption that I think is to be made is that he was crowned like king of the guards or something. But what if he's king now? What if Garn gets this kingdom? I like that idea better. You know, he just learns that great power, you know, requires responsibility, responsible use of that power. So maybe he's the best person to take over. Maybe that's the lesson here, is that Garn is the He-Man ruler of this this kingdom. That could be it. They, they don't explain it very well. They don't explain there's, it there, at all. There's plenty of plot holes and issues to be had, which is why I just label it as a good episode. I'm going to say that Garn ends up as king. and he Yeah, attorney of confidential canon, Garn is king. And he manages a consultant. Yeah, he, you know, rings him up on the the he phone. Um, just a giant muscly arm as a receiver. Uh, so 
now the traditional question. Did you have a royal boob? Come in, you royal boob. Yeah, it's Draka and the Queen. They didn't put any thought into their evil deeds. I'm going to lay the royal boobitude on the Queen. Solely on the Queen. Yeah, it was probably Draka's plan. Yeah, she had the shittiest guards on the planet. But she listened to him. And she hired the party parrot guards. Just the worst decision making ever. The only thing she did right was that she had at least an equitable bone in her body where she was like, yeah, yeah. The rule was whoever the winner was, they get, you know, free demand over what's going to happen at the end of this fight. And when He-Man's like, I want him to go free and you told me the winner goes free, so there you go. And she's totally honors that. Now she honors it for kind of a bad reason, but she's going to do it anyway. So she's just got the shittiest judgment. Yeah. And and tangentially runner up for biggest boob, everybody else for not knowing or not recognizing He-Man in his fucking toilet paper outfit made out that's like black crepe paper outfit. Yeah, I was to say it's purple crepe paper. This giant, muscly, oil, sweating man is in this full outfit. Not normally that clothed, just sweating. And you can't wait. And then we can't do one of our bits today because... There's no Orko. There's no Orko. So we yeah, can- but Draka can take his place because, boy, did he fuck up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Good, g- great job there, Ace. Use Earthquake indoors in a like land bowl uh, like right under the dam dumb also whoever planned that city out so Genius. today's lesson oh yeah the the it, the little lesson roundup at the end it makes perfect sense for this episode oh yeah absolutely it's totally about responsibility and power and great responsibility no it's about reading Oh. Read a book, kids. Yeah, stop watching TV. You know, there's lots of adventures that you can go and find in your local library or even your house. Go into your dad's room. See if he's got any interesting books. Check under his pants. Look under his... Look look under the mattress. Look in the closet. You'll you find some really good reading in there. Maybe good DVD. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't don't look at DVDs. You gotta you gotta stop. Just turn off the TV. You gotta read more, kids. Read. Look for the ones that say Playboy or Hustler. For the articles. For the articles. For the articles. Yeah, it's perfect sync up with the episode and it's and it's using power responsibly. Go read and turn this TV off. Immediately. Turn it off now. It's actually kind of a clever idea. You've watched the toy cartoon He-Man show now. So turn off the TV, go to the library, and then maybe swing by Toys R Us. Brand new He-Man action figures come out today, kids. And swing by Caldors while you're at it. (laughs) That joke is for no one. 
do your bit. Do the bit. Oh, God. Okay, so if there's anybody who grew up in the 80s in Long Island and went to a very specific Caldor, then you'll recognize the fresh hot pretzels here at Caldor. Otherwise, nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Hot pretzels! Not making fun of anybody in particular. It's just... It's just... Oh, my God. Okay, so... It makes me laugh every time. It's for, more for me than you guys. Sorry. Ugh. Okay. So, how, what'd you think of the lesson? How well did that sync up? Didn't sync up at all. Yeah. It was just, this is, uh, we need to follow the guidelines, so here's your lesson today. Yeah. This is 1980s cartoon. It's gotta have a lesson. I just love that, you know that they recorded these completely not synced up to the episode at this point. I, and I, I I foresee that it will be a rarity where we will watch something where somebody say, in today's story, blah, blah, bloop, bloop, bloop. And then they'll still tell the wrong lesson at the end of that story. Those are my favorite. This one was uh, fine. In this, today's story, He-Man fought Skeletor. Uh, <laughs> and that's why I want to tell you to be careful of firearms. Like, what? Uh, and that's why you need to be aware of pollution and how you cause it. Yep. So, not... Clean your ass crack, kids. <laughs> what? Uh, new episodes come out soon. Aren't you glad we're back? Is that how we want to end it today? Yes. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Sorry, guys. Bye-bye. Can't end it there. No. We forgot something. Yeah. We gotta talk about what we're gonna talk on next time. So next time, we're gonna talk about episode 28, October 12, 1983, Valley of Power. Lose a core and Doug Booth returning. A thief named... Dan Vanass captures the egg of the great mother Roe in the Valley of Power and upsets her. He-Man and Tila must help get her baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. Tila. Yes, Tila's back. Her ears were burning af after a what's-her-face kiss. Man. You know, maybe she, you know, took her hair down every once in a while because it's so uptight. <sighs> yeah, she could let go of that stick in her ass. <laughs> well, here's hoping. See you next time, kids. Uh, read a book or something. Yeah, whatever. <laughs>